The following interview originally aired on KPOV 88.9 FM, High Desert Community Radio in Central Oregon. The interview was conducted on the Wednesday edition of The Point, a local affairs show that airs Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. on 88.9 FM and kpov.org. Our guest this morning is Dr. Mark Backus. Dr. Backus is a doctor of internal medicine, co-founder of the Cascade Internal Medicine here in Bend, a certified hypertension clinician, and was named a hypertension control champion by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention Million Hearts Campaign. Dr. Backus, welcome to the Wednesday edition of The Point, and thank you for your time this morning. You're welcome. Good to be here. Thank you. They can't. They can't hear you. Nod, Mark. You got. You got to talk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> First of all, tell us a little bit about your background. Uh, well, I'm uh, a graduate of Stanford, and then went off to Duke University for med school, and uh, got my residency in Seattle, and then uh, been here in Bend, Oregon, for about 21 years, practicing primary care internal medicine. So what got, what got you interested in hypertension as a, a specialty, if you will? Well, you know, most uh, primary care doctors, you know, we have to kind of know a little bit of everything. And um, blood pressure management, of course, is just a standard part of medical care for almost everybody. And um, back in 2014, there was a contest uh, nationally for who could control their patients the best. And so just for fun, I entered it and won. And um, since then, I've just kind of specialized into it, partially because the community has wanted me to just to uh, educate other physicians around the community and the public and try to raise awareness. And here we are. And you were actually the only physician in Oregon to achieve that honor. And one of, is it 30 nationwide? Uh, yeah, in 2014. And then there's been a handful, maybe um, five to 10 a year awarded. Um, yeah. Okay. Blood pressure seems to be a hot topic in medicine right now. We see billboards, signs on buses, as well as ads on TV and radio urging us to know my BP. Why? Well, that ad campaign came from the Central Oregon Health Council here, and and, um, we've tried to really uh, raise awareness. And um, it turns out that uh, hypertension is the number one killer in our country and across the world as far as disease processes, more than any infectious disease and just about any other disease process. In fact, uh, right here in the United States, over 500,000 deaths a year attributed to high blood pressure, which, of course, puts the uh, current pandemic in perspective. That's happening every year. Central Oregon is thought of as a pretty laid back area. Um, People come here to chill out on vacation, as a matter of fact. So are many Central Oregon residents affected with high BP? Well, it turns out that getting high blood pressure is almost a normal part of aging. 80 or 90% of us will get diagnosed with it by the time we die if we live into our 80s. And um, really, with this normal aging, um, we just don't do a very good job controlling it currently. And it turns out that the average identified hypertensive patient is only controlled about half the time. 43% of our identified hypertensive patients in the entire country are controlled, which is quite poor. So we're trying to make it better in in Central Oregon. What percentage of your patients in Central Oregon would you say have hypertension? Uh, About 46% of the population of the United States has hypertension. So almost every other person, every other adult that you meet has hypertension. And many are not aware. 
And that's, you know, like many disease processes, carries no symptoms whatsoever, just like high cholesterol or even diabetes. So you're a member of the Central Oregon Health Council's Cardiovascular Disease Clinical Work Group. In 2019, the COHC announced the launch of a 16-month blood pressure awareness and outreach campaign that ended last December. What changes, if any, did you notice in the blood pressure readings of patients during this period? Well, I would say, you know, blood pressure control has been a passion of mine, so my patients have certainly been controlled. But there's uh, quite a bit more awareness around the community, and we're really doing our best to keep getting that out there. Uh, It takes a lot of work. Uh, You know, people don't like to address problems that don't give them any symptoms. They kind of default. They assume they're doing fine, but you never really know until you check. That's that's interesting. So let's talk about numbers. What do those blood pressure numbers mean? What exactly are they measuring? Well, yeah, we're talking about the pressure in your body, in the blood itself. And so, so far, the, the, so far the default norm is less than 120 on top. That's the systolic reading. And less than 80 on the bottom, that's diastolic. And the systolic is the high pressure when the heart is pumping blood around. And the low diastolic reading is the pressure when the heart is filling with blood. Okay. So a recent study by Dr. Susan Chang, Associate Professor of Cardiology and Director of the Institute for Research on Healthy Aging at Cedars-Sinai, suggests that systolic figures for women should be lower than those for men, 110 versus 120. Your thoughts? Yes, this is a very interesting article. And I think there's um, two real important pieces of information here that I should pass along. The first uh, is that even though we generally say that normal blood pressure is less than 120 and less than 80, in fact, the lower the blood pressure for us, the better. There was one study, not this one you're referring to, where they separated people with so-called normal blood pressure into cohorts with the top number being in the you know 90s, 100s, 110s, or 120s, and followed them over time. And even these people in the normal blood pressure range, whoever was higher in that range clogged up more rapidly around their heart. So that's one piece of information. And the other comes from this study where they followed people in different cohorts of uh, medical studies over 28 years. And it turned out that women inside, again, that normal range of less than 120, tended to get events at an earlier pressure than the guys did, sometimes by, sometimes by 10 or 20 millimeters of mercury. So even in the 100 to 110 range, some women would start to get heart attacks uh, earlier than guys who would get them in the 130s or 140s. And I guess the take-home message is the lower the better, and for women, perhaps even lower than guys. Interesting. And yet, uh, a few years back, when I was younger, I used to carry a blood pressure of 90 over 60, and my doctors were always concerned that it was too low. What's too low for blood pressure? Well, you know, all of us are, are individuals with different things that are normal for us. And if somebody's in their 90s, particularly young women, this is a common finding, and they have no dizziness standing up and no really issues with those readings then that's normal for them. And in fact, it would usually predict that that person would live longer because, again, they would be clogging up less rapidly. But I will follow that up by saying I have a lot of patients who've had normal blood pressure their whole life, even low, and then genetically they flop into higher blood pressure as they get older and they're just shocked because they've been so low their whole life. So I think the take-home message is 
even if you are sort of used to thinking yourself as having low normal blood pressure, it can come on unbeknownst to you, which is why seeing your doctor regularly really can figure that out. We should be monitoring our blood pressure and logging it. But what is the correct way for us to take our blood pressure? Yes, I think this is a a very important point that people sort of know intuitively, but don't always practice. And that is that all of us raise our blood pressure in response to excitement, physical exercise, even just walking around the kitchen to get a cup of coffee. And we don't care about those readings as much when deciding if somebody's blood pressure is elevated or controlled. We want to see a blood pressure when somebody's been sitting for a good few minutes, maybe even five or 10 minutes, doing nothing with their feet on the ground, leaning back, totally just relaxed. And then after sitting all that time, getting a blood pressure and using that reading to determine what to do next with the patient. And yet, when I go to my doctor, I have typically climbed two flights of stairs to get up to her office. Uh, the first thing they do is slap a blood pressure cuff on me when I get in there. Is that an accurate reading? You know, I mean, it is an accurate reading of the activity of walking up the stairs, plus the excitement of going to your doctor and worrying about whatever you might be worrying about in your medical life. But it's not the relevant data point for deciding if you have controlled blood pressure, which is why really the standard of care should be for doctor's offices to get another one five or 10 minutes later And the standard of care has also become more automatic blood pressure cuffs because it's more reliable and reproducible. I'm curious, you mentioned um, that we should be sitting upright, feet on the ground, and yet I was recently hospitalized for 12 days and they took my blood pressure laying down. Yes, it's a little different in the hospital because we're not trying to sort out what your baseline blood pressure is for the methods of treatment and diagnosis of high blood pressure. In the hospital, they're really just trying to decide your, where are you at and are you in a dangerous level or need fluids or whatever other might be going on. So I was wondering, should we be taking our own blood pressure at home? I know a lot of people have their own blood pressure cuffs and there are a lot of places at uh, pharmacies where you can take your blood pressure. Are those accurate? Is that something we should be doing? You know, that's a great question. And really, because the measurement at the doctor's office is often not a great, you know, representation of at-rest blood pressure, almost anybody with blood pressure issues should get blood pressure readings at home with their own blood pressure monitor. And it costs around $45 to get a fully automated blood pressure cuff at really any pharmacy in the United States. And furthermore, if you don't have the money to or the inclination to purchase a cuff, there are free reading points around almost any community. Uh, here in Bend and Central Oregon, we have this knowmybp.com that uh, has locations in each of the communities in our area where you can get free blood pressure readings. And they are considered generally accurate, but of course, we would re- much rather many data points and your own blood pressure monitor. And speaking of accuracy, if we are taking our blood pressure with our own cuff, we should bring it into our physician to have it calibrated, correct? Yes. And, you know, by calibrated, the monitor can't really be adjusted or made more accurate, but it can be sort of blessed as accurate enough. And, you know, if I have a $700 automatic monitor in my office, you know, it turns out that about 10% of the monitors brought into me don't pass the test. And the test has been generally around within 10 points on the top number of what I get with my fancy machine. 
So, yes, that's a great idea. Bring in readings and a monitor to your doctor. CNN recently posted an article indicating that blood pressure should be taken in both arms. And if there's over a 15 millimeter difference in the systolic readings, an individual may be at increased cardiovascular risk. Your thoughts on that? Well, you know, there's a couple pieces there. One is that um, most people are fairly close between the two arms. And if there is a discrepancy regularly, we take the high one usually and use that arm. Uh, and separately from that, if people, particularly people as they get older, are starting to clog up some of their arteries, it is possible to clog up some of the arteries into the arm region, in which case you'd want to know that and get it sorted out. So a big discrepancy should often be looked into. I'm curious, have you noticed an increase in hypertension given the news of the past year? I mean, a global pandemic, political turmoil, racial unrest, has that had any kind of influence on blood pressure? I think um, all of us believe there's uh, been a lot of stress in this past year and stress raises blood pressure as a general statement. And um, what I find is that, you know, this is really a ubiquitous disease. There's really just most of the population is going to get high blood pressure. And of course, in this past year, most of us are going to run somewhat anxious with some higher readings. So, yes, a little bit more. So I was wondering, given all that, given that I, I believe you said at the beginning of the show that there are no symptoms, it, what, how do we know if we have blood pressure, high blood pressure, if we're not going into the doctor's office regularly, if we're relatively healthy and we don't have our own blood pressure cuff, uh, and also what should we be doing to keep our blood pressure low? Yes, I would say um, there really is no way of knowing unless you uh, do your own research or go into your doctors or providers and get a reading. So I recommend that. And people who have normally been running healthy often, you know, especially when they're young, often will just go to their doctor once a year for their physical, and that would serve as a screening test. But I think uh, your question about uh, lifestyle is a very important one. And we all kind of know what a healthy lifestyle is, but I'll run through it super quick, which is regular physical exercise. And recommendation by the American Heart Association is five or six days a week of 30 minutes of exercise. And that's heart pounding exercise, not just going for a walk, heart pounding exercise. And separate from that uh, time, two or three times in the weight room as well. So it's a, it's a busy schedule and activity. Also recommended is a low salt diet, minimal alcohol, uh, staying away from Advil and Aleve and other non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, um, trying to have a diet that's high in fruits and vegetables and low in fat, low in salt. Uh, so there's a, there's a lot that we all kind of know we should do, but many of us don't do, unfortunately. Any hypertensive challenges in the pandemic lockdown? Well, I think a lot of people, if they did have a routine for their exercise, they lost it. And such um, has been hard for many of us to try to, you know, get exercise equipment or find other ways to exercise. And many have just frankly fallen off of that. And many have been drink, drinking and eating more than they normally would as well. So a lot of people are coming into my office with excess weight and worsened blood pressure, unfortunately. How have you resolved those issues with your patients other than giving them a lecture? <laughs> well, I try to give more concrete examples. You know, I give them that American Heart Association recommendation, and then I try to help troubleshoot how, how they can do it, you know, whether it's um, getting their own exercise equipment or getting on a certain website 
or buying a workout video, whatever it takes. I was just going to say, since you are so good at helping people keep their blood pressure down, what are some of your techniques or your tricks or how do you encourage people to do what we all know we should be doing? Well, you know, it's uh, it's a great question because I think, you know, the question is why do some doctors really get their patients to control their blood pressure and change their activity and some don't? And in my opinion, the central issue is intrinsic buy-in for the patient. You know, if I tell them something, it doesn't really matter unless it sinks in and matters to them. So I kind of have to work from the backwards and say, well, you know what? Not controlling blood pressure, it tends to increase the risk for dementia and stroke, heart attacks, eye problems, kidney problems, even erectile dysfunction. So a lot of patients are really concerned about some of those things, particularly dementia and stroke. And when you work from let's keep these things from happening and here's how to do it, then they have some buy-in. That's good to know. I read an article that children exposed to tobacco smoke could be at risk for hypertension. My mom smoked like a chimney inside, no less, two packs of camels a day. Am I at risk? Well, I think uh, it's pretty safe to say that getting any kind of smoke, whether it's secondhand or not, uh, is not good for you. And even though that could potentially, I suppose, increase blood pressure, I think far more important would be the genetic predisposition that people have, which is you kept having lower blood pressure earlier in life, but genetically your body sort of flipped into higher blood pressure at one point, regardless of what you wanted Well, it looks as if we are just about out of time. Carolyn is giving us the signals there. So, Louise, was there anything else that you wanted to say? I have pages, but no, I think (laughs) nothing that will fit in our time frame. So, thank you so much, Dr. Mark Backus, for being with us this morning. We really appreciate all the information that you shared with us. Great information. Yes, thanks for having me. I appreciated it greatly. Thanks for listening to this KPOV podcast. KPOV is community radio for the high desert of Central Oregon. For more information and our program schedule, please visit kpov.org. We value your feedback. Drop us a note at podcast at kpov.org.